Hello everyone and welcome to Asia West Express The podcast where we talk about Asia and the West And everything that's happening in two different regions of the world um, Joining you today and every other episode is me, Danai Kidane And my co-host Ray Ray Saito, straight from Tokyo, Japan Okay Danai, so today I know you're excited today. for this very, very special episode what yeah, do you yeah. want to talk about? So um, this episode is 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 uh, I I came up with this episode. So I guess it's like cultural appropriation, whatever you call it. Yeah, you know, uh, it's like you would sit here and have an episode with blackface on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so that's what I'm always doing, by the way, everybody. <laughs> I knew it, right? Yeah. That's why you don't want to have a camera on, huh? But yeah, we tried YouTube first. We got demonetized the first day, <laughs> so so we're doing this this podcast thing now. So the the topic of today is actually sushi, <clears throat> sushi, okay. because like sushi is such a big phenomenon, like uh, in the world at the moment. It's like it's like the Justin Bieber of food. You yeah. know, and like it hasn't been popular for forever long. Yeah. And why I think that's interesting is because I remember you told me one time, one time long ago, I remember you told me that when you were younger and you were you 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 were living in Sweden, and you had friends over, and then you your mom offered them sushi and yeah. the kids sushi, and then the kids told their parents yeah we got to eat raw fish today yeah and then the parents got like obsessed about that and like told your mom and you not to like serve that food because it's like so foreign it's so it was like back in the 90s raw fish yeah. is like what the fuck you know yeah um, so i thought that was very interesting because today if your mom would have served those kids sushi they were going home and brought the whole fucking family you know <laughs> so yeah uh, it's interesting how everything switched. Wow, don't you think? how times have changed. Yeah, you're right. I think like not only were their parents upset, they were like visibly very, very angry. Because in the '90s, I think in Sweden especially, right before sushi became a thing, like giving raw fish for the parents was like giving raw chicken. You know, so they thought like she was trying to kill them, like she was this like foreigner trying to poison their children. So they got really upset. And I think it really hurt her because, like, she never served Japanese food to anyone but, like, me and my sister after that. Yeah, I'm sure. She, like, learned to make Swedish I... food, you know, like meatballs and stupid <laughs> shit, like mashed potatoes just to fit into society. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> yeah, she came the wrong time. If yeah. she would have come now, like, she would get, like, investment by Swedish government to <laughs> exactly. open, like, a sushi restaurant, you know, because, yeah, like, all the sushi restaurants, <laughs> venture capital investment. <laughs> she would be, like, Claude, you know, <laughs> like, $200 million funding. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Sushi online, man. <laughs> SAS, man. Sushi as a service. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that because she's Japanese, like I feel like all the sushi restaurants are ran by Chinese. Like you go into the sushi restaurant and I hear more Chinese than when I lived in China. So I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, I thought I was at the embassy, you know, applying for visa again. But like, yeah, it's not so many Japanese people running sushi restaurants like in Sweden, right? Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think part of it is like the pride. Like in Japan, 
to have a sushi restaurant, you gotta be, you gotta know what you're doing. Like, it's it's very rare that you become a sushi chef. And so I think that stigma comes. Like, whenever they go, they're like, I'm not worthy. Like, I could make a million dollars making sushi, but that mm. would dishonor my country. There's many theories on where sushi comes from, <clears throat> but the theories I've heard are all, like, just, like, street vendors being like, yeah, whatever. I'll sell this, see what happens. And it worked, like, 100 years ago. And now mm. it's the most exclusive and coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I also read that it was like uh, it came from China from the beginning. Oof, uh, Chinese are trying to take everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading it at the Communist Party website here. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it was a Chinese man in Japan. <laughs> Sushi created by Alibaba in uh, 2001. It was the first product. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, yeah, China's the oldest country, so anything could have come from there, to be sure, but... I I hope with my pride I say it's a fully Japanese invention. It is, but also you know what the funny thing is also like every country have like their own version of sushi. Yeah. So in Madeira they had like uh, they had a few different sushi restaurants. It was very hard to find Asian foods, but you yeah. can find like sushi. Uh, and uh, they they oh my god you know I fucking I hated it so you were probably like lose your mind first of all yeah. the rice was not sticky like the rice was like it, like the grains were like big and fat and not attached to the other grain you understand oh. so like oh. it was like a so mess, it's like jasmine you know? rice <laughs> exactly oh. it should oh be sticky god, that's that like the basic. Legal. Right, it's like the basic formula it has to be sticky rice, yeah. and uh, and then they love to put fruit in the sushi. Yeah. So they give you like a sticky rice with like a mango inside, or like oh. a banana piece, or like an apple. It's so fucking weird, and they be like, yeah, <laughs> so they have like their own. <laughs> they put fruits. <laughs> I, don't know, I just because the image that comes to me is like an apple that smells like fish. Because <laughs> like it's sushi, you know, so they're like, they're like cooking them, you know, like they cut the knife, and they have the knife, right? They cut the fish and then they cut the apple yeah. and it's like all the same, right? In one plate. It sounds <laughs> exactly. so disgusting. But that's the thing, like every country, they like do, because they love fruits, it's like a happy island in Madeira. So they'd be like, oh, let's combine the fruits and the sushi. Yes, brilliant idea. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I, I do like it because it, it feels yeah. like sushi is actually more free than people expect, even in Japan, right? Like mm. Japanese people are not religious about sushi in the sense that if you go to a cheap place, you can get like a, a, a donut on a sushi or like some weird shit. And mm. I feel like that's also like why California roll, you know, was allowed to happen and like why all these yeah. like really cool, really good sushis. Like I love California roll, like mayo and then just like salmon, everything. Right. And that's super popular in Japan, too, now. Right. Even though it came from yeah. California. And it's just because like sushi is this like developing like hamburgers, kind of. It just changes, becomes better, mm. worse, new even fruit i mean who knows maybe someone in madeira will find like the perfect fruit for sushi but i'm not holding my hopes yeah. up so like you know like people think japan you know obviously we invented the sushi but then people are like oh you know california roll like sushi like experimentation probably happens elsewhere right but i'm here to tell you that japan is way ahead of the sushi game so first you know we have I'd say like, 
you can go into like 100 yen sushi store and just get the greatest sushi. That's one thing that you usually can't get anywhere else. But the second mm. thing, because the pandemic I saw recently is that uh, these like uh, kaiten sushi, you know, like uh, what are they called? Rolling sushi, uh, conveyor belt sushi. What's Some that? chains, you know what it is, right? Like no. when you, you just have a, a conveyor belt with like plates and you just pick the sushi you want. Oh, the rolling, like yeah. a rolling uh, treadmill or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, conveyor belt sushi, right? In Japan, <laughs> what's blowing up now is that because of Corona, you can rent the belt and a chef. And so they will yeah. bring the belt to your house. And like, like, a, you know, like a model train <laughs> and just like model the belt around your house. <laughs> and then, and then you, you basically like you pay. It's really cheap. You pay like you know, 300 kroner, I don't know, $30 or $40. And they come yeah. to you and fix everything up. And then you just pay like for the sushi as it costs in the store. Uh-huh. And you, of course, you have to pay a certain amount. But I, I think that's great. I really want to do it. Why is it because people love it so much? That I, I think they it's like restaurants it? are not like there's like a soft lockdown here, right? So you're not allowed to have restaurants open after eight. But in this lockdown rule, there's no rule that you can't have a chef being at your house and you invent the, you know inviting whoever you want. So That's this is cool, like a way huh? to circumvent the rules. But I also think exactly. it's a really cool party idea. Like imagine being super yeah. drunk with your best friends and you have like a chef and a belt <laughs> like, yeah. right. like going around you. You can just put whatever <laughs> you want on that belt. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, I would, I would like rent him, you know, like I'm going on a trip, like in the mountains <laughs> or whatever. Like, did you bring a sandwich? My friends like, no, I brought this fucking chef and his belt. <laughs> Conveyor belt. <laughs> it's like on top of Mount Fuji or something. <laughs> You're like, here's the party. <laughs> Yeah, but I yeah. Think. I never thought about that. That you can just they can the, the the staff can just call the customers and be like, "We come to you," you know? Yeah, right. I honestly, I think that's you know, this is the next generation of restaurants, and like you know, of course, catering has been a thing, but like actually bringing the experience mm, to your place. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. Like I figure, like next thing would be like bring a nightclub, right? You get like the yeah. bouncer who won't let you in. You get like yeah. the super drug people who trash your house, like all of that in your house. You know the whole Everything. experience. You don't have to leave your house. <laughs> you get a drug dealer yeah. in the house. You have to pay like fifty dollars for water. <laughs> <laughs> all the things we miss, you know. You can bring. They're gonna to install. You. They're gonna install like a, a coin machine on your bathroom. You know, yeah. you put in like. <laughs> Oh, oh man, yeah. this is gold. I think honestly, this is like business too. But oh, if we can make it happen after this podcast, I think we can make a lot of money. Save that idea, man. I was thinking about um, wasabi too. You yeah. Know, when it comes to sushi, everyone talking about wasabi not being um, real, like the wasabi <laughs> in the West. Yeah. Is that true? Is that like fake wasabi? Apparently, real wasabi is super expensive. Um, or it is because it's made of this like very special root that you can't farm you have to find it in nature and so Mm. most wasabi if you don't go to a super luxurious restaurant in the west generally you get horseradish colored green Mm -hmm. and I think the way you can see it from what I heard 
is the real wasabi, the green color is very like mute. Like it's not like a popping green color. Uh, but usually when they color it, like the color green is artificially looking, like very green. And so that's how you can see the biggest difference. And then obviously if you have tasted the real thing, it's a bit of a mm. difference, but it's not that much. <clears throat> Does it only grow in Japan? I remember when we were there, we went to this uh, food market and then yeah. they had like real wasabi laying there in like uh, oh, boxes yeah. or whatever that they had like cut from the forest or something. Yeah. Uh, so I think it grows, I know it grows outside of Japan, uh, but it like, I know it needs like extremely cold water in extremely like a warm country. So it only grows in like next to a mountain stream in a hot country. And mm -hmm. so Japan has like millions of those, right? So it grows a lot here. There's very few countries that naturally have those things in the way that mm. wasabi can grow. So I think a lot of people have tried to export it with moderate success. But this is like inside baseball. This is like hardcore knowledge. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you know this, you can, you know, brag to your chef, but I don't think they will know what you're talking about either. <laughs> Well, so in Japan, uh, we are again going ahead with the Olympics. It's gonna happen now. The people are here, like they've started to build the stadiums. And they've even planned for some events to be public, like that people can actually go and see them uh, without a ticket or anything. So I, it's like 90, you heard it from me first, but 95% chance it's gonna happen. Uh, and I am a little bit excited. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I feel like I feel like this Olympic game for the Japanese people, at least for your politicians, is like the biggest headache ever. Yeah, you know? like it's so you'd sad. Be like, Why? Yeah, it's very sad. But you'd be like, "Why? Just postpone it, you know? Yeah. Just keep the buildings looking fresh, maintain them, and then have it next year." Why but they can't, are they so right? eager? They can't host it next year. This is like the last chance. And I heard actually today. But but why? Why can't they? Is another country well, so going to have the Olympic game or what? No, I heard it's just the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, have just said that you can't postpone it. Like we won't allow it. And I think it's also they like Winter so Olympics corrupt. is next year. It's super corrupt, and they like they make like ninety percent of income comes from TV rights for the Olympics. So like. Mm. You know, and these are like you know, rich, fat, mostly white people who like they need their second yacht, you know. So like they need this to happen. And also from what I heard is like if the country cancels and IOC says it's okay, then the country has to pay IOC damages. And so oh. they're basically holding Japan hostage, right? Uh, so I think that's the main reason it's gonna happen. But I also heard today um, from a political podcast in Japan that like there's if you're a politician, 
in Japan, there's zero uh, benefit if you cancel it. Because if you cancel it after this long time, you will say, look at me, like we lost, we sucked at Corona, like Corona is still rampant in Japan. Like all of this is true, but you admit it, right? If you hold it, like the money is already kind of spent, nobody cares, and hopefully people will focus on the sport and forget about the mistakes the government did. But even if it goes bad, you can just as a politician's, you know, like, yeah, we still did it. Like we're fighters. Mm. So mm. that's why I think it's gonna happen no matter what. Because if you're a politician who wants to stay in power, it's mm. just so beneficial to hold it. Because the alternative yeah. is to basically like you say, I'm a failure, I failed mm. and mm. I'm out. They have nothing else to like put in the sky or like glorify, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like nothing else. It's like yeah, because what then else all the questions it? come, no? right? Mm. Like, oh, so why did you spend X billions of dollars building this stadium? Or why did you spend so many billions, you know, postponing it a year or whatever? And so yeah. at least if you hold it and it's, you know, not a complete failure, you can be like, we spent all the money, but it's because of this. We have something mm. to show. Exactly. But as <laughs> like... I mean, I'm just like, are, do you watch the Olympics? Because I was thinking about no. that when I heard from another podcast, right? I know you listen to it too, the Tim Dillon show, where he was like, who watches the Olympics now? Like, I've never been so unexcited. You know, I, I remember also when I was like a kid and I watched some guy jump really high or like Usain Bolt. And I was like, that's cool. But it, it was never like I was like staying up late to watch it, you know? Never, just you, feels, you, you, yeah. you, 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 it was like, it was just on in the background, even when I was a kid, like it was just playing in the background when I was like doing something else, yeah. when I was eating food or whatever, and it was just or, like when I was working, I was working in a hospital before, yeah. and all the patients used to watch it, and when I was working, I just, you know, took a look, took an eye on it, and then just uh, went away, like everyone else, and you watch like the 100 meter dash, and, uh, maybe michael phelps you know the swimmer yeah. i mean you don't watch so much else you know like i feel like i feel like 90 percent of all the athletes in the olympic games are unknown people yeah exactly know? and this is like their one it's it's like for them i feel like you know yeah uh because i like i mean it's probably people out there that like love the sports in the olympics right but i have never met a single person who's like Oh, I love uh, like high jumps or I no. love the free step <laughs> jump or whatever it's called when you like take free yeah. long steps and jump. like oh that's my passion yeah. like I've, I've, I would buy his yeah. jersey or whatever like <laughs> I've never I never met anyone who has ever said anything remotely close to that and like every no. day you meet people who love football or who love hockey or whatever right golf and okay, golf is like it's in the Olympics, but it's like tiny, right? What and it is like mini golf? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's like one of a zillion sports. So I'm just yeah. thinking like, wh who are we doing it for? You know, like when a country pays fifty billion dollars to host the Olympics, like mm. who is so <laughs> like? Is there like ten people who are super excited that they're gonna see someone like jump over a fence? <laughs> like is it? That's 
that's the question I've been having more and more when you're like, we have to host the Olympics, you know, like people are dying, but the Olympics yeah. is more important. And then you gotta like, be like, but what? what's the important part? But the thing is that people, everything is going to open up now during yeah. the summer. So people are going to go out. No one's going to be at home and watch the Olympics. I yeah. feel like people are going to be in parks and stuff like that. Everyone is going to get vaccinated, you know? Yeah. And also, I like, honestly, I think it's going to be the worst Olympics ever, right? Because I, I don't know, but it just feels like everybody was like pumped up, right? Because you have to do so many steroids and be like, the you know be superhuman right before the olympics mm. and that's you know that's something you can do like once you know every 10 years most people can only do it once in their life right so mm. they like they fuck up their body they take all the steroids they do all the crazy shit to not get caught and then they you know run 100k or whatever and they they get all the medals right and that was supposed mm. to be last year and then like last minute japan was like okay we're not gonna do it and so I'm just like, can the same people really like do it again? Yeah, we're gonna get like the the, you know, the second options. You know, the sloppy seconds. Of <laughs> exactly. All the athletes. The one who did, like they were like, I'm not going, so I don't have to fuck up my body. And then like, oh, this year you can go because the other guy is actually dead now because he did too many steroids. <laughs> He was gonna be some fat guy eating like a subway sandwich, you know, and then like someone's gonna they're gonna shoot and then like he's just gonna run, you know. <laughs> it's where's the sushi? I came in for the sushi. No, and you know like every year it's always like some diplomatic ties that gets improved, isn't it? Wasn't it like so North and South Korea oh, last yeah. time? Like they the like Olympics, unified yeah. like yeah uh, are they gonna have that now? You know, and like, uh, what would that be then? Israel and pa they have to, they have to unify in order for this Olympic to be successful. They have to unify Israel and Palestine. You know, at the Olympics. Yeah, uh, yeah, they have That's... to hype everything. Or, or why not go closer? Japan, China, eh? This is the chance. Yeah, yeah right. Oof, this is the chance. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The Japanese. Ah, look at us. You know, we we were fighting about some <laughs> genocide or something but whatever guys like for the olympics <laughs> let's let's watch our sports for together olympics, i mean you're already running our sushi restaurants all over the world so you know like let's exactly. get a synergy i don't see any of that happening um so then i should probably cancel it but i'm still excited right because now it's really close i've been talking about it for many episodes but like now it's like a month away we're gonna yeah. see this and i'm just very excited to report to anyone who's listening live at the scene live at the scene anderson cooper yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your service <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> all right guys that's the episode of asia west express this week um stay tuned for next week and we're going to cover more interesting topics thank you and goodbye Thank you. Bye-bye.